Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. And boy, oh boy, has it been an interesting week in racing. And uh, get used to hearing that because I'm excited for this upcoming season. I think I'm going to be saying it quite a lot. And I hope I'm right. I genuinely do. I hope this year of racing is going to be incredible. I hope we get a lot of first-time winners. I hope... Uh, I actually, personally, I hope William Byron just goes out and kills it, but I can't say that in any of my professional recordings or anything where I'm remaining unbiased, but on a side podcast, I feel like I have a bit more liberty in giving my opinions on who I like personally, who I think will do well, who I think might flop. We'll see. Personally, I like William Byron, and I don't think that's, you know, a hidden fact, but first and foremost, what I want to get off right at the beginning here is personal friend of mine and show favorite Anthony Alfredo has recently as a recording I'm recording this Saturday night which is strange usually because I was expecting the truck race on Friday afternoon when I scheduled the podcast and I like talking about truck racing so that's why this episode is coming out a bit late Saturday night instead of Saturday morning however our good buddy Anthony Alfredo just went and actually finished 17th in his first ever truck start at Atlanta Actually, his first ever truck start ever, and it happened to be at Atlanta. I suppose I phrased that poorly. But he was actually running up in 10th with about, I think it was 10 laps to go, maybe 9 laps to go. Uh, There was a red flag at that point. I was hoping they would call the race, but when he got back out there on cold tires, he couldn't really make the outside work. He fell back to 17th. However, uh, if he ends up listening to this, personal congratulations from me. Congratulations on the show, the crew here, everyone else. But... He is, hands down, one of my favorite guys to watch. Just seeing him was cool. And I'll tell you what, I was really impressed that even as a first-time driver in the series, as a rookie, he did not back down. He put the door to Parker Kligerman when Kligerman ran him up, and he got right up under, uh, I think it was Endfinger off the top of my head, got right up on Endfinger when when he cut him off, and, you know, he made his presence known. And it was really cool to watch that. Also, ever since last Saturday, there's been quite a bit going on. Denny Hamlin, as I'm sure everyone knows by now, won the Daytona 500. I hope I'm not the first person to tell you that Denny Hamlin won, because that means you're probably not watching NASCAR all too much. But Denny Hamlin, in pretty pretty dominant fashion, I'd say, uh, secured the victory. Another shout-out there to Ryan Priest. Really, really great run for him. He dodged a lot of wrecks in the Daytona 500 in that 47 machine, and he got asked after the race on, how, how did you do that? How did you avoid all the major wrecks that happened all around you to you know, bring home a car in, I think it was like 5th or 6th? And definitely a top 10 finish for him. They, they said to him, how did you do this? Well, uh, any other car that I've run has been my own. So I didn't want to tear it up. He's used to not wanting to tear up equipment. And that says a lot about home track racing, I I think. And the fact that he can go out and dodge all these major wrecks that collected so many other cars was pretty impressive, pretty cool to see. And I've watched Ryan Priest in person many times. I've been lucky enough to do that back when he was racing modifieds. Uh, I've worked, helped work on cars that raced against him. And that was always a big challenge is how is Ryan Priest going to run? Because if Ryan Priest is there, he's in contention to win it. He's pretty much the Kyle Busch or the Jeff Gordon, however you want to see it, of the wheeling mods. And SK mods, too. I mean, really, any any sort of modified that that guy jumped into, you would, uh, 
you would know where he was at any given time because it was probably in front of you. So, but we've got this big upcoming race in Atlanta tomorrow. What is tomorrow when I'm recording and releasing this? And it's going to be something. This is the first race on the new Aero package. And it seems like drivers have actually been surprisingly quiet on it, which uh, caught me a bit off guard. I thought we were going to be hearing a lot more about it. But it seems to be that it's not really much driver skill. It's more the car that's beneath them. It's falling even heavier on the engineers now to build the quote-unquote perfect race car, or at least the best race car in the field. It's not necessarily the best driver out there anymore. You could probably put Jeff Gordon, Richard Petty, someone like that, into one of these things, some of the all-time greatest drivers. And if you put them in one of the worst cars in the field, they're going to finish near the back consistently. And it's not because they're not good drivers. It's because there's just nothing underneath them to get them to the front. And again, this is all speculation and something we'll never really see. But... Well, we'll never see that scenario, I should say, with Richard Petty, Jeff Gordon, what have you. So, Clint Boyer was the fastest all around this weekend, it seemed. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something else to watch, and I'm afraid it's just gonna be a big freight train. That's what I'm afraid of. In that guys can't pass, guys can't do much of anything, and they really can't race any harder than they are because they're already getting everything out of the car that they possibly can. They can't physically squeeze anything more out of it. And one of, uh, I believe it was Jeff Gluck that commented on it, saying in the media center, as as someone that's worked in the media center, when you talk to guys post-practice, post-qualifying, post-race, they're usually, uh, they put a lot on themselves, as as you would expect. They're the drivers of the car, they're the ones behind the wheel, and ultimately, in with the old package last year, everything that happened came down to them. It was their driving ability that got them to the front, what adjustments they could make throughout the race to keep themselves up front and throughout the weekend to keep themselves up front. But really, at the end of the day, it fell on them. And what Jeff Gluck said was that in the media center, you sort of got the sense that drivers weren't all that upset because they had what they had, and that's about all you can do. The cars aren't perfect, but it's not because of the driver missing something now. It's because that's just the car that they had and the speed that they had when they rolled it off the truck. And I suppose it's good for teams in the sense that Kyle Busch, when he rolled his car off the truck, he went out and he wrecked it off of turn four in practice. So he goes and they get the backup car out and they're running just as fast. I'm pretty sure he finished second in final practice. So what does this all mean then? Well, it's pretty much just seeing whatever car is fastest for you, you know? If you've got one car that's faster than the other, oh no, you know, you can just either pull, well, maybe you can just make the switch. I'm not sure on the rules, but it's quite possible with the car that you entered the race with, you if you pass it through tech inspection, let's say your second one you think is faster, you're way off the pace with your first one, you can go to a backup car, I'm guessing. I'm not sure on this. You know, maybe someone can tweet Bob Pockris and ask him because he he is the rules guy, knows it inside and out. But we'll see. That's speculation. I'm not sure if a team would ever really do that, per se. But going to a backup car now isn't... It could not be as bad as before. It seems like it's either hit or miss, whereas before it was a lot of 
just miss. You never really heard of a guy going to a backup car and then ending up being faster, per se. In other truck series-related news, because I... You know, I love watching the truck racing. I think people should watch more truck racing. I try and tweet that out uh, as much as I can. It's just such a great series to watch. The trucks are competitive. They're, the drivers are trying to make a name for themselves. They are giving it everything they have every single minute of the race. Not to say that the cup drivers don't, but there's some races where you go harder and some where you can sort of sit back and, and take take a hit. Versus these guys who are trying to make a name for themselves, they are giving everything they have in order to have the opportunity to race at that top level, to race in the cup cars, even move up to the Xfinity Series. But, speaking of the trucks, Kyle Busch just today won his 52nd career race. That puts him at the top of the list all time in the trucks. 52nd career race in the trucks that he won, I just want to make that clear. So he is the all-time winningest truck series driver. And that was after his win today at Atlanta. I believe that's win number five for him at Atlanta. So it's no, really no surprise there that he earned that title. He's got, I believe, 147 starts off the top of my head. And to get that many wins, about the third of the time that he's in the truck, he'll, he'll go out and win the race. That's pretty incredible. So of every three races that he's entered in a truck, he's won. Uh, he's won one of them. That's really, really incredible. So, feel how you will about the guy, but you got to admit, it's pretty impressive. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, unfortunately, someone that didn't have as good of a day would be Anthony Alfredo's teammate, Natalie Decker. She had two spins. It seems like there was just, you know, something off where her truck was so loose it just brought itself around off a of turn four. It happened twice, but it's unfortunate. You hate to see it, but... I guess these things happen, you know, you have you have someone going up, jumping up into this series, the national nationally competing series, and not to say she's not ready, because I think she's absolutely a fantastic driver, but it's just really hard to make that jump up and for everything to go well. And she had a bad week last week at Daytona, which is unfortunate. You hate to see it. And actually, as I'm recording this right now, I just got a text back from Anthony, you know, we always, I always try and reach out and wish him well. So, Anthony is in high spirits. He's through the roof, uh, as one can imagine, <laughs> after being in that race. But I don't want to sit and just perseverate on Anthony over and over. But I think, I think it's safe to say he'll be back on the show fairly soon. I would like to start getting into like doing more stuff in person, where that being like media at the tracks or talking to drivers face-to-face instead of over the phone, and I think Anthony's going to be a good foot in the door to do that. I've done a couple face-to-face interviews, and I think they've gone well for the most part, um, but to to have this sort of relationship with drivers where they would recognize me, I recognize them, that sort of thing, that's the long-term goal of the podcast, and just, you know, keep my foot in the door with the team and with the sport more so than a team, but maybe there's someone on a team that's like, oh, yeah, this Bottled Up podcast, I really like listening to it, and then they see me at the track not knowing it's me, and they see, like, Bottled Up on Wiley Radio written on my media pass, they're like, oh, yeah, wow, I know that. I guess that's the long-term goal of things, in case anyone was wondering, really. But in other personal news, speaking of racing, because this is the podcast, we get to talk about other racing-related things. 
what's uh what's going on for me personally with the race team here at Purdue that I run. For anyone that doesn't know, I run a Purdue Grand Prix team. It's just go-karts with motorcycle engines, essentially. They're simple things, and the simpler the car is, the harder it is to make it go fast. That's the uh, theory. That's the lesson I've learned and the theory I've developed is the simpler it is, the easier it is to make it go fast, the harder it is to win in it. So with that, I just had second second tech inspection done today. The team had it. It was great. We passed, so we're ready to race. Shout out to our sponsors there, Martin Vintage with martinvintage.com. They make some awesome, awesome, awesome Purdue shirts. They made our uniforms for us, and they are just some of the best people to work with. martinvintage.com. Get yourself some Purdue Vintage shirts. They are just the best people to work with. Uh, also, Froyo Express, if you're here at Purdue's campus down in uh, down on 3rd Street, 3rd Street Suites in the basement is 3rd Street Market. In there is a Froyo machine. They just got two new flavors, strawberry and cheesecake. So you can have those individually or mix them together for strawberry cheesecake, as you can guess. So they sponsor the team. We're working on one more deal. We're in the last stages of that. And also our sponsors carrying over from last year, Greystone Inc. They're sort of a – they don't really – do any services for the public. I don't think anyone here needs 100,000 precision machine parts, but if you do need 250,000, however many parts, chrome-plated, zinc-plated, nickel-plated, whatever, they're your guys. So, they uh, they help out over on the Purdue race team side that I run there, and so that's going well. We've got practices coming up, and there's going to be Saturday practices that are our big ones. So what you're going to get with those when they're coming up is I'm going to be talking about those a bunch because they are, that is where things get crazy. And I'm, I'm even emphasizing it with my hands. I'm, you know, I'm hitting my hands together like this is where it gets crazy because you get Saturday practices and it's the weather's just starting to get warm so people are happy to be outside and basically we get told go, go make some go-karts go fast. And it's it's an absolute blast to do. So the Wiley Residence Hall Grand Prix team is ready to go. We we really think we've got a shot to win this year. We're fast. We are able to execute, and we're excited. So I guess that covers that. Any last second information here going up for this race tomorrow? Like I said, we really don't know what to expect with this Hotlanta track. And I say Hotlanta because that's what it's going to be. It is usually high track temps, and it's going to be slick. And it's actually been pretty cold this weekend. So, cold racetrack, it's been uh, throwing a curveball. But we also have the new aero package, so it's really, I think, going to depend less on weather and more on how the crew chiefs and engineers can adjust. It's really going to be something else to watch. I'm excited to watch it tomorrow. And if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, I will give a full race rundown like I did the Daytona 500. I will give a full race rundown on Atlanta uh, after it's happened. That will be next Saturday, and that will be in March, March 2nd. Wow, can you believe it? We are almost in March. That's about three months since the start of this podcast, a little over. And that is absolutely – it blows my mind because right now it's uh, we've been going since – middle of December. I believe the podcast went live December 15th. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong on that date. So, 
We're a couple months in, and it's just absolutely mind-blowing all the support you guys have given me. And I say this every episode, but thank you, thank you, thank you all for listening. It's very constant listenership, I guess that's the word. Um, my numbers aren't going down like I really thought they would. I thought it would be right at the beginning, a big jump, and then sort of decline. And that's really not the case, and I really love all you guys that, that listen in every week, give your thoughts, and just take what I say and process it and say, oh, yeah, I agree with that, or I'm not quite too sure on that. And just take my thoughts, take them with a grain of salt, and then compare them against your own experiences and see what you think. And I love to hear what you guys think. Uh, it's at Bottled Up Radio on Twitter. Tweet at me. That's what I use the most now is Twitter. But I'm so, so thankful for your, all of you guys listening. I'm really excited for this race coming up, and I cannot wait to see what happens. I'm really excited for uh, upcoming episodes, we're going to keep trying to get more and more drivers on. But basically to wrap things up, the Daytona 500, great race. Denny Hamlin won it really for J.D. Gibbs, and that, that story could not have been written. Like, you can't even script that. It was so perfect how it all played out, and it was really great to see. And regardless of how you feel about Joe Gibbs, Denny Hamlin, Joe Gibbs Racing, any of that stuff, that story there alone... It it makes you look at it and go, that's you, you can live with him winning with that, regardless of how you feel about him, I think. So the Daytona 500, great race. Uh, the Xfinity race today I didn't touch too much on. But I didn't get a chance to watch it, unfortunately. Christopher Bell won, though, so congratulations to him. He is really a force to be reckoned with, and I uh, probably a championship favorite. I don't think that's too bold to say. But great to see him doing well. Anthony Alfredo did a great job in the trucks, and so he finished 17th in his first ever start, running up to 10th place. Really just a great guy overall, and it's always a blast watching him on TV now. I I am really excited to be able to just watch a buddy on TV, and I hope you all watch him on TV too because he is really a class act, and he races hard, but when he takes that helmet off, he's still one of the most genuine down-to-earth people you'll ever meet. Anyways, thank you all so much for listening. It's, I hope you guys are enjoying listening to this podcast as much as I enjoy making it. And thank you again for listening to the Bottled Up Podcast.